0: Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. Another great week for It's The Real. Another one. Another one. Jeff, Dave Matthews Bands is ringing out in these streets. It's ringing out on SoundCloud. It's ringing out on YouTube. And the big plan for us was to run around New York City and get our promo items to a number of tastemakers, influencers, personalities, whoever. Who was on that list? Everybody from Charlemagne the God, we had Tackstone, we had Peter Rosenberg, we had Ebro, we had everybody at Power 105, everyone at 97, everybody at MTV. Yeah, the, the, the promo items were Ziploc bags with stacks of fake money that looked real because we got them from a real Movie prop house in Florida. Yeah. And also, like, the joke is that we put it in a bag. It says payola on it. And it's not funny if you're actually giving out payola. Like, there's no no joke to that. All the people who were just like, hey, I wish this was real money. Why I would wish we... that you were a comedian and you understood that that's not <laughs> funny. <laughs> and, so, and it also had a, a CD jewel case with our cover art in there. You open it up. There's no CD. Yeah. It says YouTube.com slash It's The Real and SoundCloud.com slash It's The Real hashtag Dave Matthews Bands. So we run around, we give this out, and at the very, very, very top of the list, we had Lior Cohen. Now, if anybody has listened to this podcast for the last year plus – You know that Lior is somebody that we wanted to have on this podcast. He's somebody that we wanted to chase down. We wanted to commit to being a guest on this podcast. And what happened six months ago was that we actually met him in real life. Yes. We had a meeting with him where he, first of all, he really liked us. He really liked us, which was very flattering. Yeah. But, and this comes with a strong but. Okay. It was a weird meeting. It was it was an hour and a half long meeting it, it, right in the middle of it he did say to me that, yeah he well he interrupted you and he goes you know who you remind me of I said you know any Jew and he goes one of the Marx brothers and it's this like, is like a, like a great meeting like we're you know we're telling our entire story about you know going from nothing to we sell a TV show whatever yeah and he goes you remind me of one of the Marx Brothers. And it's like, yeah, all right, yeah, Groucho, whatever, sure. Yeah, because you have curly hair, and right. he goes- brown curly hair. He goes, no. Remind me of Harpo, the Har- one that the doesn't blonde talk. curly hair, the mute. The one who has a horn that he honks. So for an hour and a half, all he hears is, uh-uh. Right. And then he also said that DJ Khaled had found success because he had turned TMZ into ZMT. And we're like, you know what? Maybe he's just operating a couple levels above us. We just don't understand this, but who knows? Yeah. In any event... Great meeting. It, it was actually pretty fascinating. Besides yeah. <laughs> those things, it was a fascinating meeting. Now, at the very top of the list of giving out our promo, we had Lior Cohen. Now, if anybody watches Lior's Snapchat, which we were very early proponents of, you know that every morning, Lior gets up, he gets breakfast, and he goes to a park downtown... And he snaps himself with his headphones in and talks about the weather and the flowers and the ambiance. What well, about getting it in. And then he snaps this statue that is there. It's from World War One, and it's a guy with a gun on his hip, and he talks to it, and he's like, Are we ready for war? Right. You know, like, you can put the pistol away today. You know, all this stuff. Yeah. So, we knew... That we didn't want to go to the office to just give him the payola. No, we wanted to ambush him at his place of serenity. So, during <laughs> Ruin his meditation. So, we know every morning a certain point in time when he's going to be there. We know where the park is. So, last week, uh, Tuesday, I believe, we trekked down there. Yeah. And we get down there at like 8.30 in the morning and he's not there. So, we're like, all right, we have, we have to run to Hot 97 anyway. So, we run over to Hot 97. We come back. And he's still not there. So we're like, you know what? We have a whole bunch of that to pass out today. Yeah, we can't just wait here all morning. Forget it. Let's, let's move on. Yeah. So we vow to come back the next day. But I thought at 40 degrees in New York City, there's no way that this guy is going to sit out there as he does every morning. Like, there has to be a limit to what he'll do. Turns out there's not. He actually snapped that Wednesday himself with a scarf being like, you know what? I come out here every morning, like, the cold doesn't stop me, and we're watching this from our apartment, like, fuck. Yeah, we missed him. So, the next day, it rained. Yep. But that Friday, we were like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. We are making it down there. We are going to sit out there. We're going to get there at 8.30. It doesn't matter when he shows up. Yeah, we will be there. We'll be there. So, we get down there, and... By the way, freezing cold again. Yeah. And we watch at the top of the park... About fifteen minutes after we get there, we're like, Oh my god, it's Lior, it's Leor. And he breezes through the park. Like just goes away. <laughs> just, it's like it's like he was putting in his time but just strictly walking right through. He didn't even stop, he didn't snap nothing. We're like oh But we're like, Oh, you wanna know what? He'll be back because it's still early in the morning. He's gotta snap. He's he's probably just getting coffee, right? So I'm like, Well, if he's getting coffee, then I should get coffee and tea for us. Right. So so you're like, There's gotta be a Starbucks around here somewhere You say you'll be back. Yeah. So you leave the park, and I I sit there on Lior watch. Yeah. And he comes back, like, a minute after you left, and I'm texting you furiously, like, get back, get back, get back. And he walked up to the statue, and I think he got a little spooked because I was in his seat. Like, I was in the the park bench spot that he takes every day, because we know the angle that he shoots the statue at. And he walks up to the statue. And he snaps something and then quickly leaves with a bag from a local restaurant before you even got back. Yeah. And it was like the most disappointing thing that he was 15 feet away, right in our grasp. You didn't shout after him. I didn't know. You know what? I did. I, he had his breakfast bag with him. I was like, he's clearly... And he was in and out. He came in, snapped, said, you know, I love autumn, put the gun away, whatever. And then... And then left, and I was so disappointed. I know you were. This was like, he was right there. It ruined my life. And so, we went through the weekend and we vowed, come Monday, we will not leave without a Lior snap. Right. So, this morning, Monday, today, when, well, when you're listening, it's yesterday. Yeah. We go down there. First of all, it's Halloween, and we should have worn costumes. You think so? Yeah. Just, like, surprise, <laughs> Paola. <laughs> so, actually, what we should have done is presented him with a giant check, is what we should have done. But, yeah, but okay, whatever. so we go down there, Yeah. we sit down, and the first thing that you did was check Snapchat, and you see that an hour earlier... He had been there, but the park was closed, and so he was like... You know, apparently the early, Berg, the early yeah. bird does not get the worm. And I said like, early bird like it was Jew. Right. The early bird gets the Worm. Now we're disappointed. It's like, well, he's not going to come back. And should we leave? And the thought really did cross my mind. Maybe we should leave, too. But then he came and he showed up and he walks in with a friend, some dude named Tom. And so he goes and he's, he snaps Tom on the bench. And we are playing it so cool. We are like just. That is not how I would describe. No, us. I mean we we didn't make eye contact with him. We didn't jump into his snaps. We weren't like, oh my god, Leor, it's you. Well, but he but he looked over mm-hmm. and he goes, I know you. And we're like, oh ah ah, <laughs> just start throwing up. Um, and then he was like, uh, I I was telling Tom that people wait for me. He's like, park. bands come out here, and we're like. This is yeah because you put your location out every single morning. So, sure, that's why we we present we present him the thing and and we're like here's our new single and this is the run that we've been doing and he was like he says get my statue in the back so everyone knows it's real And <laughs> like oh, yeah all right I wonder do do you think that he knew that that's like a Cameron reference that he was making or no no you don't think so no I don't okay <laughs> but this is what it sounded like. So, Lior, who are you and what are you doing here my name is leor cohen and i'm being paid off <laughs> um payola is alive and well so shout out to leor cohen for making our day go get that dave matthews bands from you soundcloud to shout go check to it out on youtube for making his day i hope so and by the way when he left he was like we'll be in touch yeah so it's pretty awesome yes uh shout out to leor shout out to tom you know yeah shout out to tom this week on A Waste of Time with It's the Real, Jeff, who do we have as a guest? Sherry motherfucking Bryant. Sherry Bryant has an amazing story. She started working she has at, all the stories. at Rockefeller Records, our favorite record label of all time, at 16, 16 years old. A light 16. She's seen a lot of things. We talk about Damon Dash, we talk about Jay Z. You know, Jay Z performed at her elementary school in a talent show performance with original flavor. Guys. She was on a helicopter with Jay. <laughs> she talks about Cameron. She talks about Young Guns. I don't want to spoil all the stories. There's a, there's a lot of good stories. Great stories. She's a great person. I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to sit down with her. Jeff, when do you want to get into this episode? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Paper and Plastic, a.k.a. Secure the Bag. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Smooth Criminal, a.k.a. Brian Lochte.
1: <laughs> and I'm going to say, yo, yeah, what up? Yeah. Yo, what up? It's Sherry Bryant. <laughs> A.K.A.
0: Dot. Oh, oh, oh! oh. (laughs) Yeah, this is a waste of time, but it's the real! no, 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 no! You can't cut off the queen. I I know, and my apologies. It's all good. Sharon, what's happening?
1: Nothing much, guys. I'm so excited to be here. No, we're excited (laughs) to
0: have you. (laughs) Industry royalty. I know.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, no, for real. (laughs) Uh,
0: Even though you're not in the industry anymore, but... 30 under 30, (laughs) honorable mention. That's right.
1: Honorable mention. That's right. But
0: before we get into all that, we do have to have a small plug here and say... That the cameras are here because this is on Fullscreen.com. Yes, if you go to Fullscreen.com slash It's The Real, you can watch all of our episodes a week earlier than they come out otherwise on the internet. That's right. And it's all the interviews, but it's... Enjoying it in a whole different way. Yeah. So it's a really great experience. Fullscreen.com slash it's the real. First month free. First month free. Yes. And I'm
1: just going to throw out a disclaimer that I didn't know I was being filmed. So please. (laughs) I got like no sleep. I was up at what? Four o'clock this morning sending emails. This is
0: what work has done to you?
1: I just, when I can't sleep, I'll go to work. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right. Just make sure you stay close to the microphone. Then okay. people are just going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> so you're originally from Uptown. I am
1: from Harlem Eastside. Where? 1199. Oh. Um, it's on Hunt First Avenue. Yeah, so but it's a complex. So it, it goes from 108th to um, 110th. And, and that's why
0: buildings. you were a Dave East fan.
1: That is why I'm a Davies fan and a Davies supporter. Yeah, that that whole, I mean,
0: aside from the music, is, Yeah, 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 that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, but.
1: Yeah. but the crazy thing is because Davies is a little, well, probably a lot younger than me, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I didn't know Davies growing up. I guess his grandmother lived in 1189. Mm-hmm. So I was, we have this thing called 1199 Day. We're, like, really serious about 1189.
2: Which, <laughs> which is?
1: And we do this, um, like, an annual... Like a family reunion, right? Okay. And we just meet up, and Dave East was there, and he was like, "Yo, what's up, Sherry?" And I was like, <laughs> "Do I know you?" And and then I realized it was Wayno's artist, yeah. and I'm like, since then, I'm like, "Oh, you're from 1199, and you're Wayno's artist, your fa- your family, <laughs> yeah, it's so, automatic."
0: Wait, what goes on at 11 like uh, at uh, 1199 day? Poppin'
1: so. <laughs> We uh, what do we do? Well, first you you like seeing people that you haven't seen in a long time because everybody that lived in Eleven Eighty Nine doesn't still live there. Right. Um. So you know, Damon is from Damon Dash is from Eleven Eighty Nine. So that's we'll get into that that whole connection. (laughs) Um. He came. I think he came the first one. He doesn't come anymore. (laughs) Uh, And Cam... Which he's Kim he has never been to eleven ninety nine day, but he doesn't like to claim eleven ninety nine, so he's probably gonna kill me. But he also his family grew up in eleven ninety nine, so he spent a lot of time there. So we have like our little star studded, yeah, you know, yeah.
0: like, like element to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, but let's let's be real here. Do you still go?
1: Oh, every weekend. Okay, just
0: yes. sure. <laughs> Wait, every weekend?
1: Yeah, because my, my oh, family I, still lives there. I so. thought you were saying
0: 1199 Day was every weekend. Oh, no, 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 no,
1: no, no. It's
0: like perfect but. attendance, Jesus. <laughs> no, no,
1: no, no. But 1199 is like i mean 11.99 day is yeah. like you know a bunch of music dancing cooking cookouts like it's it's just a, a fun-filled day That's like awesome. a bunch of family you know what goes
0: on in our them. apartment building <laughs> What our super has like a parrot <laughs> that he uh, keeps in the basement or yeah. whatever and you can hear it when the elevator moves yeah Oh well, yeah. that sounds exciting <laughs> <laughs> you ever see it's the pjs it's like that every weekend Do they yeah. know?
1: does he know your name
0: uh yes, yes. He, yeah sure does he um he would march. His name is Ramon, and uh-huh. he would march his way like in here whenever he wants. No. Yeah, and he'll like we'll be watching stuff on TV. And one time he came <laughs> in here and he was just like, "Yo, Danny DeVito's one funny motherfucker." And we're no. Just like, yeah. We're like, "Hey, Ramon, what's going on?" Yeah. Like,
1: Wait, does the super live on his floor? No. no,
0: no so he, no. Ju- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he roams the building. He just you know <laughs> testing like whatever doorknobs and one. Door you
1: guys have shore. to interview him.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we really do. We really do. And he does have two macaws, giant parrots, oh, like wow. just like free to roam wherever that they want to go. So yeah. But you yeah. have Davey, so you know. What yeah. I mean. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, how big a family do you do you come from?
1: Not that big. Um, I mean, my, I yeah, I have like I have two sisters, one brother that passed away, unfortunately. Um, but I have a big extended family, right? Because Sav
0: and Steve. Sav and Steve. <laughs> like
1: we my, know. Yes, my Rockefeller family. Sure. My best friend, she's like. Her family is humongous, so Mm -hmm. like every year I attend her family reunion. Mm -hmm. So that's my family. Like I have to go to family reunion (laughs) meetings when we're planning them. (laughs) I'm all in, I have to pay the fee, like I'm in, so I Matching I shirts? Matching yeah. shirts, yeah. yes. Actually, that's my job for this family, reunion. You have really? to make the shirts, yes. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yes, I'm going to have Claudia. Claudia's job. Yeah, I, mean. oh, I was going yeah. 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 to say, you took it right out of yeah. my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have Claudia <laughs> design them. But yes, that's my job.
0: Well, because they know marketing, so exactly. yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Can so, you cook?
1: I can. You're nice in the kitchen? I am okay. I know how to get by, okay. right? I have things that I'm really good at, so... Like? A uh, good big ziti. Nice. I am really good at that. I'm good at pepper steak. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna like. So you're
0: bringing <laughs> one of those two things to 1199? Yeah, yeah, all the time.
1: Everybody <laughs> knows me for big Z D. Yeah. And all the boys. So like, it was me and my friend Sharika that grew up in 1199. We were the two girls, and we were we we were in a group of like guys, yeah, right? Yeah. So they would always come to my house to eat. Like I would make lasagna for all of them. It's just it's Wait, bad. lasagna
0: wasn't one of your two great So lasagna yeah. ziti. It's mediocre. Okay. Yeah. Mediocre <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> lasagna. Yeah. <laughs> lasagna ziti. I put those one in the same cuz yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. the same process, right? sure, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Just don't tell any Italian people that.
1: <laughs> Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. So,
0: uh, where did you go to school up uptown?
1: I went to so during elementary through junior high school, I went to a private school in the Bronx with my grandmother was the principal.
0: Oh, whoa. <laughs> Did you get in trouble?
1: All the time. Uh,
0: oh, that's All the, of the time. Oh, that's the because your grandmother's in charge. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and it was just, my grandmother was a principal, my aunt taught a class, I mean, uh, yeah, she taught a grade in, um, during my school Are year, we not talking my grade.
0: like, uniforms? Yes. Oh, Yes, no. yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Is this, like, the Bryant family, like, you know, schoolhouse? Like, what is so this? So, it's the Moeller family.
1: Um, but the school is no longer open. But, yeah, through...
0: Is it because you had to graduate?
1: <laughs> you know what? It might have closed right after I graduated. Or maybe, like, two years after. So, maybe she was waiting to put us through school. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was, like, surrounded by nothing but, like, academics growing up, right? Yeah. I had to read the newspaper in the morning with my grandfather, like, all of that.
0: Are you commuting up there every day?
1: So, my grandmother, because she was the principal, I stayed with her a lot of the time yeah. and just went to school from her house. Yeah. Um Yeah, that was... I, I didn't really like that too much because mm-hmm. I only got to go home on the weekends. <laughs> um, but as I got older, you know, I was... my. I, it was still a long commute. Mm-hmm. And I was... So, because I lived in school, I started first grade at four years old, right? So, I was always two years ahead of myself through every grade. Whoa. Um, Did your
0: siblings also go to the same school?
1: For part of because it closed, right, after I graduated, and my siblings are younger than me, so a portion of their uh, schooling was through my grandmother, but Mm -hmm. not not a lot of it. They did a lot of public school.
0: Gotcha. And so what was the conversation like when it was time for you to go to a different school?
1: When it was time for me to go to, like, public school?
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: It was intense, because my mother was just like, my baby, you know, I'm scared to let the handcuffs off of her. <laughs> I had to, like, travel on my own now, because re- before I wasn't traveling, I was, like, getting driven back and forth to school through a family member. So it was it was intense, but I she she forced me. She basically forced me to go to high, high school near my, where my father lived, because at this point, we had moved to Jersey. So we no longer lived in Harlem, but my mm-hmm. father still lived in Harlem. So I went to school. I went to A. Philip Randolph. It's it's in city college campus so Mm -hmm. not too far from here um and yeah i'm gonna say Random. my father lived like two blocks away so So you're
0: commuting from jersey over here
1: so yes in the morning i would go so my, (laughs) this is crazy (laughs) so in the morning my mother would she had to be to work at 6 a.m and my mother had worked in harlem so in the morning we would get up four o'clock in the morning She
0: had sent some emails.
1: (laughs) Right. And I would go to my aunt's house in Harlem and then go to school from there. So it was a process. It was a lot.
0: What time did you go to sleep at night?
1: Yo, my mother was like (laughs) (laughs) It would still be light outside. My mother would be like, Time to go to bed. Oh my
0: God. (laughs) It was torture.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was really torture. I did not enjoy my life for a big part of it.
0: (laughs) Did you so did you know the kids in your class beforehand?
1: In A Pillar Randall? Yeah. No. I met everybody Whoa.
0: So what was that like?
1: It was it was cool. Because
0: 'Cause you're younger too. I'm younger, but I didn't
1: tell anybody. Oh. Because I didn't want anybody to know how young I was. They're like,
0: you got a driver's license? Like "Mm, (laughs) mm, mm, mm,
1: mm, I was (laughs) twelve years old, starting ninth grade. Everybody's like fourteen, I believe. Oh my god. So yeah, I didn't tell anybody. Um I didn't tell people to like, after I graduated. Yeah, so it was, but it was cool. I, I breezed through, I, fed, I I, was able to fit in with the crowd. That's like
0: one of those movies where, like, someone sneaks into the high school class and they're really not that age, you know? <laughs> yeah, but like, usually it's, like, the older. Yeah, you know? like, never been kissed, <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. 35-year-old. <laughs> yes. And was mention. writing a report on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so do you start interning at Rockefeller in high school?
1: Yes. My last year of high school, so I was fifteen, going on sixteen.
0: Fifteen, going on sixteen. Mm-hmm. You've always hung out with like a lot of guys.
1: Yep.
0: So this is no yeah, different. a big change. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going the no
1: different. No different. I and mean. So
0: how does that? How does that come to be?
1: So Damon, um, he grew up in eleven ninety nine. Like I said, eleven ninety nine was very family oriented, right? So Damon, Damon and my mother were really good friends. My mother used to babysit Damon. Whoa. Yeah. So we would. Um, I would see him all the time. Like when I was in private school with my grandmother, like Original Flavor and Jay Z, um, they performed at my talent show. This was before, obviously, Jay was like Jay now. But were they
0: good at the talent show?
1: They were good. Did they win? It wasn't they weren't they were like special guests. They Mm -hmm. weren't competing. (laughs) (laughs) It was like my, you know, Damon did a favor for my family. because We used to put on these big talent shows.
0: This is Fast Rap and Jay-Z. Fast Rap and Jay-Z.
1: Yeah. They performed at my elementary school talent show. So they was I say that to say like Damon was like really close to the family. Right. And I would see him like I watched the progression of him with original flavor to Reasonable Doubt. And that's when I really like, was like, I didn't realize the music business was a business.
2: But, <laughs> <It's,
1: yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, oh, there's just cool people on TV and they do what they do. But I didn't realize it was like a real business behind it. And then Damon was, I, I, I don't know, I think I heard through a conversation with my mother or something that he had an office. And I was like, I want to go down to your office. I didn't know what I was asking because I didn't even know there was a session as an internship, right? So I'm just like, I want to go down to your office. And he was like, come down whenever. So he allowed me to come down to, um, he told me, he was like, just come down, right? So I went down and he wasn't there, of course, but I met,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I met Carlene Ballen, who was his yeah. assistant at the time. And she was looking at me like, what are you doing here? Like, I don't I didn't expect I didn't get a heads up anything, but she just went with the flow. Like, all right, you here. Like, what you Make doing? Copy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get to work. And then Damon came in maybe like three hours later. He was like, oh, yeah, this is Sherry from my building. Take care of her. And then that was, that was it. Like, I never turned back when I worked in Rockefeller. I I went there every day since. Where them.
0: was that office?
1: That was on what is this? Baric? 50th and oh. no, no, I wasn't at Barrack. It was on fifth. This was when they just got the big time, like I guess partnership with Def Jam, where they got the offices on 50th and 8th. Oh, so eight
2: twenty
0: five? Yeah. Yep, eight twenty five. Yep, yep,
1: yep.
0: Man, so you so you get by you know security and go upstairs and yeah. you are just there every day.
1: I'm there every day. So
0: I, after school.
1: After school. I would, like, all my friends would go to their jobs or hang out, and I was, because A. Philip Randolph, you had to, like, go down these long steps to the train, and I would just run down the steps as soon as school was over. But remember, senior year, you don't have that many classes. So as soon as it was over, I was going to Rockefeller Records.
0: Who's in the office throughout the day?
1: Um, Because you have your own (laughs) section. At Def
0: Jam, right? Like not you rock specifically, Rockefeller. but Rockefeller, Rockefeller, yes. And yeah. we was
1: on a separate floor at this time, right? right? So we like very. We were on like twenty nine, I think, at the time, and I don't remember what floor Def Jam was. Um, but who was who was everybody? Like it was hip hop was there. This mm. hip hop would come to the office, even though people say like he was a ghost, but like, he, <laughs> he definitely came to the office during the the early days of Rockefeller. Well, yeah, the early days of Rockefeller. The person that was really the ghost was Shaka Pilgrim, right? Because I would hear her name so much, and I'm like, "Yo, she has to be important," because I'm hearing her name so much, but I would never see her. And I'm like, "Who's the Shaka well, person?" Well, she's very
0: short. Yeah,
1: she's very, she is yeah, very short, short, so you could miss her, right? Yeah. But we're like, what? I'm like maybe two inches yeah, yeah, yeah. taller than her. I do like how
0: judgy you got that. You were yeah. like, "Oh, she's very <laughs> short, real short."
1: But you know, yeah. So I would like be like, "Who is the Shaka person?" And It wasn't like. I don't – I mean, I couldn't – I didn't think to go – I don't even think we had that capability or that mindset to go to Google and, like, look at who the person is. So I expected her to look totally different than what she looked like mm-hmm. because, I don't know, you know, just somebody of so much, like, power, and that's how she was, like, kind of reviewed. And when and that whenever anybody was talking about her, she – it was like – uh, is the film complete? I don't know, act shocker. Is the video done? I don't know, act shocker. Jay's doing this. I don't know, act shocker. I'm like, who is this person? <laughs> and I finally seen her. I don't remember what she said, but I remember her being like, saying something funny and having jokes on somebody and mm-hmm. everybody, the, all the attention is on her. Like, that's how I met her and that's still who she is to She this is day. absolutely one of the <laughs> funniest people you're going to run into. Um, yes. When's
0: the first time you met Lenny S.?
1: Yo, when did I meet Lenny? I don't remember, like, my first encounter with Lenny. Mm-hmm. I probably I, The only person I remember is Carlene and Shaka, like, first encounters. Um,
0: what do you remember about that time for Lenny? Yeah.
1: That Okay, so Lenny used to pick me up every day um, from Harlem, yeah. and we used to go to work together. So this is during the summertime when I'm out of school, and I dedicated all my time to Rockefeller. And he was, like, my chauffeur. <laughs> he was not in a bad way. Like, I so... I appreciate it to this day, right? I just appreciate all the camaraderie that we had overall at Rockefeller. But. Yeah, that was like really special. I always like have like these moments where I reflect and I'll hit money like, yo, I love you. Thank you. You know?
0: One of the greatest people in this business and out of this business. Uh Like Like the warmest. He really is truly a great guy. So you guys would ride around, would you listen to like the radio? Like
1: Yo, I don't know what we listened to. He (laughs) had like this truck. Well with
0: him it's like his he's always talking, so (laughs) (laughs) He probably probably was talking to me, (laughs) I'm
1: sure, yes. Yeah. He he um he had a truck. I remember him and Bert, him, Bert was like, Bert is like Lenny's best friend. Bert mm-hmm. did promotions um, at Rockefeller too. And they had like matching trucks and they thought they were killing it. <laughs> and they were both from the Bronx and they just thought they were killing the game. But yeah, I don't remember what we listened to. I remember us having like a lot of conversation, mm-hmm. right? He was like a, I mean, he still is a big brother. We don't see each other as much cause we're all like, sure. you know, just so busy, but definitely one of my big brothers.
0: So, Shaka, Lenny, Hip Hop,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who else is around? Wayno. Well, that's he came. Later. He came later. later. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We weren't even on, I think, Wayno came when we were on 19. We were on 29, I think, when we first started, the 29th floor. Who else? Dara and Omi, they, mm-hmm. they, they were um, leading FanFam. Fam. Right. And, and Dara also was working at Rockefeller as an office manager. But title didn't matter because you did everything. Like, no matter what your title was, you still would... Like, Dar- Dara was the product manager on Cameron's Come Home With Me. And she was the <laughs> office manager. So it didn't matter. Which was the beauty because you kind of learned. You had to learn everything. You By the way, say, Dara did know. a
0: great job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, amazing. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, So what projects are, are moving through Rockefeller at that point?
1: At that point? So that was... Again, they're going to kill me. But that was the great out al- Jay's great album with... um. I'm oh. so ghetto, and it was around the time of the whole, uns you know, like the un yeah. scandal, whatever. Yeah, the yeah, sure.
0: When it leaked. And, yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. So. so when Sherry hit somebody with a bottle? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we all I remember yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So,
1: um, <laughs> oh, Tata was in the office during those times. Yeah. He was super funny.
0: Well, when did you meet Jay for the first time? Do you remember?
1: So, I re meet him because remember, I know oh, him from, a right, little bit. The talent show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at this point, I'm like a super big Jay Z fan, right? And this is embarrassing, but I see Jay. So, I think I was in the office for maybe like a good month before I actually was able to see Jay, right? Mm-hmm. And he came. And I remember he grew out his hair. He, his hair, it was like an afro. And I think that was when he started doing, like growing out his hair anytime he was recording an yeah. album. And. Like
0: looking like Craig Mack, like.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he and
0: he gained I, a bunch of weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember, like, I can see it right this second, <laughs> my first time seeing him. And I, I just ran, I was walking, like, doing what I normally did, helping Carlene. And I walked past the office and I was like, oh, shit. Like, and I just i got starstruck and i never get starstruck and i was like that's like i just stood there and all i remember is the door getting closed like (laughs) and i was like oh my god was i such a dork But um yes that was my moment of first meeting him. I mean like first seeing him again. He didn't realize that I was the same girl from 1199 sure. that he came. Like he he was telling me stories cuz he remembered my mother. He was like, you know, my mother used to let them use their car her car to like do shows and stuff. So Whoa. when he realized who I was, like it was like all of like oh you're like family, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? But before that, that was that moment that the kind I he of car probably did your mom have? Remember. She had like a Jeep Cherokee, mm-hmm. but it was like
0: yeah, popping yeah, things. yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> did it make in any videos?
1: I don't think so. Okay. That at by that time, when they started shooting videos, they had Lexuses. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. yeah
0: um, babies. they had like Lenny S cars, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: the Bug Eye Benz is that? Yeah, what? yeah. 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 That became the street team car.
0: Did um, was was Bleak coming by too?
1: Yeah, I don't remember my first time meeting Bleak, but mm-hmm. during those days, the the artists lived in the office. Like that was their stomping grounds, yeah. right? I, that's one of the things I miss the most about the industry. Is just like they would come there and hang out all day, just the way we came to work. We, the artists would be in 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 the office, just hanging out and chilling and smoking, and you know, like it was, it was just like a cool like creative space that. Never I've never experienced How would you that describe
0: again. a record in a record company now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> how would you guys describe uh, yeah. it? You guys know Drive.
0: exactly yeah.
1: <laughs> Exactly how you guys would describe yeah. it. I mean, just coming from it's such a difference, right? right. So it's I mean, it's cool. I mean look you But got, at that
0: time too, so it's you know, it's Def Jam, which uh-huh. is the yeah. hip hop label yep. and underneath that you have Rockefeller and Murder Inc. Yeah. and Rough Riders and would you like move throughout the floors and like just... yeah? Were you welcome at like on on uh, on Murder Inc floor?
1: <laughs> so when we were on, so when we moved to nineteen,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we had a section and then Murder Inc was right next to us, right? But Damon put up doors because he wanted to differentiate <laughs> Rockefeller and then Murder Inc painted their walls, like, red. red. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was, so we would, like, because we were so close, we would walk through Murder, Inc. I never yeah. hung out there, but I was so young. I was still, I was a little, I am shy. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I, like, kind of stuck to myself, like, <laughs> in terms of, like, just Rockefeller stuff, right? Right. We started going to Def Jam more on their floors. Um, that was more when I got a little older, but it was mainly just, Chilling at Rockefeller, and all the Def Jam people used to come to our floor too. Remember, we had Jay Z, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Jay, like, he spent a lot of time at Rockefeller, so they would just come and have meetings with him on the floor. So,
0: were you? Uh, can you talk about the movie backstage?
1: I so I when I got there, backstage had already came out, mm-hmm. so I wasn't really a part of that process. I remember going to the screening, um, but that was that were was any Def
0: Jam people there?
1: I don't remember. <laughs> I know.
0: Yeah, Kevin yeah. did not come off well.
1: <laughs> I, honestly, I do not. I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't even know if I would have known who the Def Jam people were at that point. Because mm-hmm. that was like dead in the beginning of me starting that we I went to that.
0: So they, they really let you guys just operate on your own for the most part? Or no. No?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> not so much. <laughs> I mean, I worked with Carleen. So Carleen was Damon J and Big's assistant. Mm-hmm. And so I was Carlene's assistant. Um, so it was like very, you know, it it was a lot of work in terms of like managing Jay's schedule, managing Damon's schedule. I remember I used to met, we used to like because you know you think about it nowadays you can just type something in. We had we we had like a scheduling book we wrote down their meetings. Things used to get <laughs> messed up. Um,
0: like, we, do you remember anything?
1: I don't. Not specifically. All I remember is, like, booking, like, Damon will hit us on a two-way page of book me a, at 4 o'clock in the morning. I I used to sleep with my pager underneath my pillow because I didn't know when I was going to get a message. Oh, my God. And I knew that the faster I responded, the more efficient I looked. So, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not. I At this point, I knew I wanted to, like, rise through the ranks of the music industry. So... I took everything very, very seriously. So if Damon's hitting me at four o'clock, he's like, I need a um a barber to come to my house at seven. I'm like, I am on it. He'll hit me sometimes like, why are you up? I'm like, because I just have to be up to make sure I answer these. You know, because the-
0: you're as strung out as he is.
1: <laughs> right. And if I don't answer, then it's like, why didn't you respond to me? So I was just trying to be on top of it as much as possible. And Carlene, like. She was a machine. I didn't really even see how she did what she did because she would have to travel. You know, they all, they didn't always have the same schedules. Damon was trying to figure out what the next venture was, so he would have meetings all over the place. Jay is an artist and a businessman, so he's traveling. She would have to travel with them, have to figure out where she could go, where she couldn't go. And it got to a point where... It was just it was a lot to juggle and that's and that's how i started like assisting Biggs as his person like mm-hmm. how carl carlene had damon and jay but then i became big's person mm-hmm. because carlene had so much stuff mm-hmm. so i took care of like whatever Biggs needed at the time i don't even remember what those things were <laughs> but a lot of personal stuff yeah um
0: well, when you say that you were um you know everybody at, at Rockefeller had mm-hmm. to um wear all these different hats um, what's the craziest thing that you did? Like, that that just seemed like, <laughs> this is my job? Like,
1: Okay. Um, some things I probably can't talk about. But, yeah. <laughs> or I won't.
2: Right. I yeah, won't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh,
1: like, Cam, I used to get his son and pick him up from, like, daycare and then bring him down to the office. Mm-hmm. And Cam would meet me to, like, pick him up. Like, I was very... Cam, I was, like attached to his hip Mm -hmm. um and that was when we started working with cam he um he was he was signed to epic
2: Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. yeah and
1: then damon started managing him and then damon so when i met cam he didn't know that I was from Eleven Eighty Nine, and I wasn't. I wasn't going to tell him. I was just like, I'm not going to say it. But when he, once he found out I was from Eleven Eighty Nine, he found out I was from Harlem. That was it for him because him is like Harlem sticks together. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, so that was it. He was like, <laughs> all right, you. You know, he like fully accepted me, and I was just, I was like his personal assistant slash manager. I was booking all his shows. Yeah, it was a fun. Why time. didn't you want to
0: tell him that you were from Eleven Eighty Nine?
1: it wasn't that I didn't want to tell him. I just I was always like so reserved. So I didn't want to just come out and be like, "Oh, I'm from where you from," you yeah. know? Um so Right. He, you
0: you wanted to just, you know, stand outside of his door and then wait for the door to <laughs>
1: <laughs> Right. <laughs> so he was like, um he he just started asking me questions cuz they would call, so they called me Harlem
2: Sherry.
1: Yeah, some Harlem Sherry. So mm-hmm. they would like literally around the office whenever somebody needed something it was Harlem sherry Harlem <laughs> sherry so they everybody knew i was from Harlem so cam just started asking me questions one day it was like where are you from you know he was like you from i'm from i was like i'm from 1199 he was like you know precious precious with jimmy sis is jimmy's sister mm-hmm. i was like yeah i know precious he was like you wasn't going to say nothing and i'm like i don't I, I mean i guess in a conversation like this it would come up and he was like, "All right, cool." And then from there, I just I was like attached to Cam's hip.
0: So when they started coming through, uh, what was your interaction like with Jimmy?
1: Um, it was the same thing. It was like, "Oh, you from Harlem? All right." <laughs> yeah,
0: prove it. Because <laughs> Jim wasn't a signed artist at Rockefeller, so he was just like there all the time.
1: Yeah, but yeah, he was there all the time. Mm-hmm. Anytime Jimmy came, I mean, anytime Cam came to the building, Jimmy was there yeah. and Zeke, mm-hmm. and then. I think jo- Joelle's, yeah, mm-hmm. they and all they all came. Would
0: Duke come around?
1: All the time, yeah. so Duke is from Eleven Ninety Nine too. <laughs> <laughs> so I I fully know I fully knew Duke. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Duke came around a lot too. They had their crew of people that would just come up in Rockefeller. Was there
0: anything? Was there anything about like Harlem versus Brooklyn, like in the ranks?
1: It it yeah, <laughs> it definitely felt like it at time, but I was never.
0: You're Harlem Sherry. I'm yeah.
1: Harlem Sherry, but every you know, I was already like in with the Rockefeller team, right. so they never like I I didn't get in the middle of any of those things. But um,
0: they weren't like you need to go over there. No, it was definitely
1: not like that. Like they, you know, Cam would come into office mm-hmm. and Young Guns, they'll all be chilling together. It wasn't. It didn't become. It wasn't like this. Like. Bloods versus Crips thing. It wasn't that. Yeah.
0: What was your um, relationship with State Property when they came in?
1: So State Property, um, they were signed already, um, but we weren't really doing much with them. And I remember Shaka. So Shaka oversaw like video production, marketing, film. She oversaw (laughs) everything. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I want you guys to do a little bit more. I want to give you more, you know, um, I want to give you some more responsibility. So she assigned it was me it was eve do you do you guys know eve she works at icm so she it was eve pierre it was adrian i think it was us three and she gave us project she assigned us um groups within state property so i had young guns because i I think our ages align and Mm -hmm. she was just like you know you guys will be a good pairing eve had uh Osquino and sparks and i think um uh adrian had freeway and emmanuel y'all know emmanuel yeah, yeah, sure. emmanuel had beans yeah 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 so that was how we like kind of split up our responsibility
0: and nobody had Petey crack
1: <laughs> he wasn't there at the time because he came in later on mm-hmm. he wasn't original. that's a good
0: excuse <laughs>
2: <laughs> no i love Petey. Petey, i love you but he
1: wasn't there at the time he really wasn't he came he came a little bit down the line mm-hmm. yeah so Young Guns was like my first project and then Cam came. So, so
0: what were you doing with Young Guns? Were you product managing them?
1: I was, mm-hmm. but in the beginning it was like personal assistant. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. anything Young Guns need, they need a, they need a package from RockAware, get them a package. They need a new two-way pager, <laughs> get them a new two-way pager. You know, until it, cause it didn't start becoming like something until like we put out the First State Property album. Mm-hmm. And even then, I think I was going, that's when I started going to a lot of video shoots and having responsibility and making sure their clothes was on point. But, um, you know, Rockefeller was like personal assistant management label, right? All in one. It wasn't like, oh, we're just a label, we're going to do this. And no, we had to do everything. Yeah. And Damon was like, if one thing didn't go right, we were in trouble. It was <laughs> your fault. Even if you had nothing to do with it, this is your responsibility, it's your fault.
0: Wow.
1: Yep. So Young Guys was really—I mean, you know—I still speak to Chris and to this day. Those are my brothers, like really, really—I love them to death. Um, and they—they they were my—that was my first real project, like really rolling out a project and coming up with ideas and putting together a photo shoot. All those exciting things, and they—they they really, you know, I was there. I was like their little sister, so they really trusted me to like. Out, you know roll out their career
0: and, and at this point you are you are fully on board with Rockefeller I'm like fully this on
1: is... board I'm making like $300 every two weeks and I'm like I'm doing it I'm 17 years old how at much this was time. that
0: a two-way pager bill every month well
1: I didn't have to pay that oh, okay yeah that was a luxury and I had I think I got like a corporate card at 18 damn yeah but um Rockefeller came with a lot of perks, yeah. so even with the three hundred dollars, I still would have like Gucci bags from before Christmas. We got good gifts. No. Um,
0: Did you wear Rockaway everything?
1: I would wear it mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> a lot, a lot of velour suits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. Do you still wear it have any of it? No, oh. I give away. I purge so.
0: That I'm, the, I'm such the worst a good, person. Like, Halloween costume. I know, like,
1: right? Yeah. Or just wor-
0: everyday costume. No, sure, yeah.
1: <laughs> and I had so many white on white. <laughs> because Damon, so Damon, Jay, and Biggs would... That's all they wore. So we had to stock up on white on whites when I worked in the executive office. So I would go to Foot Locker with, like, a big band and get Damon, Jay, and Biggs. I feel like, I think Damon and Jay were the same size. Biggs were 11. I remember this, because I was like, and Delonte, so Delante Murphy. Delante, don't kill me. Um, Delante, who's actually an A&R consultant for Atlantic, and he managed K. Michelle, and he, like, really was, like, uh um, integral part of Trey song's mm-hmm. um, management when he when Trey songs launched. He worked at Foot Locker. So he was my go to person. He to was get, the plug? He was the wow. plug. Wow. And he would call and be like, All right, we got we just got this in. and I'm like, All right, I'm on my way. <laughs> with and the I would truck. <laughs> yeah. with the truck. So I would obviously get me White on whites too yeah, sure. in the process, <laughs> so I had mad white on whites.
0: What would happen to because Dame would only wear um, white on whites like once, right? That was well, his whole thing. No, I think it was he would wear like the oh, white the, the white T-shirts once.
1: No, but they were very, like maybe twice white on whites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. That's so why. So what we would had happen this, to
0: the old ones?
1: We I don't. <laughs> I don't remember. We didn't throw them out, though. We weren't that bad. Drew like we were up to eleven
0: ninety nine.
1: I don't know if he. Get... Maybe he probably gave them away. I don't remember what we did with them. They were a lot laying around the office, though.
0: See, this is why we need to get Dame Dash on the podcast. I know, I know. <laughs> you
1: guys should get him. We should. Yeah.
0: What are some of the video shoots that you would go to?
1: So, like I said, the first ones I remember going to was state property. Mm-hmm. We would be in Philly. Um, I spent a lot of time in Philly. That's why when I got Meek, it was like <laughs> the, piece of yeah, yeah. <laughs> the piece of cake. Um, but uh, where else did I go? Cam's video. So I was. This is. I forgot to mention this. I'm in college this whole time. Where would you go to what? college? Yes. On
0: top of all this.
1: On top of all of this, I went to John Jay, and the reason why I picked John Jay is because it was right Local. close yeah, to right. Rockefeller. So if I had like a break in between classes, I would go to work and then go back to school. How? I don't know. I I was really stressed out because I had, like, real responsibility, and I was in school. I remember just being in my room, like, crying at times, like, oh, my God, like, I'm so stressed. Yo,
0: thank God that Rockefeller wasn't, like, paying you a ton of money. Otherwise, you'd be, like, <laughs> sniffing a ton of cocaine to stay up all night.
1: Yes. But Damon, he was like, you have to go to school. He did not, he didn't, he didn't allow me to, like, miss school.
0: Well, so, did you finish school?
1: I did. I graduated.
0: Early or on time? I, no. Or?
1: So, I it took me five years to graduate, um, but that was because, But that was, like,
0: normal age? Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I had to, like, stretch out. I couldn't take as many classes because of my work schedule, so... But I graduated. Holy I did. Cow. Yeah.
0: That's... That's nuts. That's nuts. And, and you're my, still working? I know, yeah.
1: <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. That's why I'm like, yo, I'm tired. You should retire
0: yeah. <laughs> early. Yeah. Like, got Take a down. few years off. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So you're in school, you're working at Rockefeller, and you're going to video shoots in Philly.
1: I'm going to video shoots in Philly. I missed out. So Young Guns, I missed No Better Love because I couldn't travel during the time. I had like a, oh, a exam a or oh. something. Oh. <laughs> 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 that too look yeah. some of the things that Rockefeller so you had me you doing. didn't go to Aspen I didn't go to Aspen yeah. and I was like so mad I missed out on that but you could have
0: taken one of the like Rockefeller furs or whatever <laughs> like the Rockaware ones man yeah.
1: we did so much planning and I was like I can't go cause I, I just couldn't go from my school schedule That's that really was like insane. an amazing video I what, love that video what
0: other videos
1: um Cam I travel with Diplomats a lot Remember Jewel's um dipset, dipset, yeah, whatever yeah, song yeah. that is. You know, I started. I mean, once I graduated, wherever I needed to be, I was able to. You know, so I traveled a lot. Um, I didn't really do Jay's videos because Carleen was there mm-hmm. and Shaka was there, uh, unless it was local. Mm-hmm. Um. I remember we did freeway. What we do was freezing cold. Oh, my God. It was the, the worst video <laughs> shoot ever. It was so cold. I remember that to this day. But, yeah, I've been a lot. of. I, I'm sure I'm not remembering every video I've been yeah. to, but I did a lot of videos.
0: Who were the easiest artists to travel with?
1: To travel with. Who was the easiest artist to travel with?
0: And it's okay if you don't have one. If you're just like, oh, they were all terrible. Jay. Jay was You, know, you want to know
1: why? Why? Because, so there was like an eight. A- a crew and a b crew right whoever traveled with jay so like you just got luxury like you would you would be eating on a plane it's just things that you just never experienced so it was the easiest because of the experience yeah it was amazing and i've only gotten to travel with him a few times Mm -hmm. but it was great
0: um did you fly on private planes with damon
1: i flew on private planes with so damon never took me on a private plane but jay did my first hmm. private plane. Yeah. We need to get to Damon on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he Damon gave me eleven ninety nine. Damon, by the way, Damon, he's gonna he'll tell everybody he changed my diapers, all of this stuff. <laughs> so I appreciate
0: but you know what your mom babysat
1: him.
2: Yeah, So like yes. Yeah.
1: So he's given me so much experience. Yeah, so yeah, I am yeah. not trying to no, like downplay what yeah. Damon did, did for me. And I'm only saying this because I know he'll probably say something to me. (laughs) But my first plane ride was with Jay. And then my second one was with Cam. Because Cam was shooting the Mariah Carey Mm
0: -hmm. video. The Oh Boy Remix? It was... Or um, what is it called? It
1: might have been Oh Boy Remix. Yeah, it might have been. And he like, demanded that he has a, a, a private plane, like, last minute. We had all, like, commercial flights booked. And at last minute, he's like, I'm not going. And I'm like, what do you mean you're not going? And he was like, I'll only go if they give me a private plane. So I had to call Def Jam and tell them the only way he was going was on a private plane. And we got on a private plane that night.
0: That's really amazing. Yeah. You know, like, just the guts. We had a meeting with um, with with oh, Gotti. Yeah, yeah, like, years ago. Uh-huh. And he, I don't think I'm selling him out when, he's, when he told us this, but uh-huh. um, he said that... Uh, he and Dame would try and out asshole each other.
2: Oh, I it. When it, when it came yeah. to like,
0: they're like, uh, Tommy Mottola's gonna give me like a private jet to, uh-huh. um, for like a JLo thing. And yeah. Dame's like, well, fuck that. I'm gonna like, you <laughs> know. Yeah, steal that plane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah.
1: I could totally see that. I could totally see it. Uh,
0: did you ever run into to Mace in Harlem?
1: I didn't. So. I am, like, the biggest Mace man still to this day, right? But I have not met Mace.
0: Never. Really? Can really you believe that? I can't believe that. I have not well, met Well, he went Mace. to Atlanta for a few years. That's, that I is know, true. And I was yeah. so
1: heartbroken. And when he came out with Welcome Back, I was like, yes, it was the greatest <laughs> moment ever for me. And then he went away again. And I was just like, all right, I'm just like heartbroken but yeah i've never met
0: mace harlem sherry never met harlem mace and betha
1: yeah i was loyal so any any (laughs) of my artists had a problem i'm like i don't mess with you i think that was the time cam wasn't yeah yeah, yeah, you know what i mean so i was like i was the fifth member of diplomat (laughs) so i didn't i was like all right you don't mess with them i don't but yes i i absolutely love mace and
0: Um, i never met him uh so okay so you're putting in your time At Rockefeller, Mm -hmm. do you have a a, a, an official title? Like, do they give you like?
1: No, no.
0: Did you have business cards?
1: No. (laughs) You know, I I didn't. That's kind of messed up, right?
0: But Mm -hmm. like, you needed a Claudia to print them. (laughs) 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 But how did you know how to like market yourself for whatever would come down the line? Um was it just based off of relationships then yeah i don't think
1: i was even thinking of marketing myself i was always so focused on just doing the job Mm -hmm. and i just knew if i keep working hard it's going to result in something good right or even better
0: Were you under the impression that Rockefeller would go on forever? Like, it wasn't like you thought, Um, maybe I'll be here for three years and then go somewhere else.
1: I definitely thought, I definitely did not think about Rockefeller ending. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I thought it was going to, I just, yeah, it was just like, this is too good, right? But then you would just see little things, and you see that people aren't as cool as they were before. And you just, you know, that family vibe started dwindling away. And because I was in the executive office, I got to like get little tidbits and hear things before people did. So yeah. I, I had a lot of intel, but at this point, I think everybody kind of knew that it was like um, dispersing.
0: Were you around for the famous Choke No Joke video where Dame, you know, finds out that there's a meeting happening at Def Jam <laughs> and brings Choke yes. and like runs up there and you see Kaiser sipping a water in like the corner yes. and yeah. he yells yes. at um, I mean, just everybody. Yes. Everybody.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Those are like, really uncomfortable sure. times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I would never be like, yeah, Damon. You know, like, those were uncomfortable moments because we really, like, you know, we had relationships with the people at Def Jam, too. But Damon just believed in his brand so much. And he believed in his staff. And he what he didn't appreciate was... I'm building this thing and you're leaving my staff out of it. Right. Yeah. So he because he would always tell us he's like, you guys need to like just kind of assert yourselves a little bit more. He's like you. Y'all, they're not smarter than you guys. And it's like you guys are intimidated because they're a bigger company. So he would scream at us like really bad. Like if I hear that y'all are not. Like, being assertive and not being aggressive, like, I don't want those people on my team. But it also instills something in me that I think I have not lost to this day, right? Because mm-hmm. it was a confidence booster. It was like, all right, I just got to rise to the occasion. I can't be scared. And I remember, like, we would have meetings, and this is at this point, it's like, it, whatever, we can skip a whole bunch of stuff. But I, I started working with Damon at Dash Music Group mm-hmm. when Rockefeller, like, kind of broke apart. And we would go into these meetings with Def Jam and I'm like, okay, at this time maybe like 19, uh, and he'd be like, Sherry, you run the meeting, and it's like all these execs in the meeting, and my heart is pounding. <laughs> but that was how much he believed in us, right? He gave us the, he gave us the, um, he just gave us the platform, and that's why till this day, it's like Rockefeller was my boot camp. So anything else, I'm like. It's, it, it doesn't it doesn't phase me it's not hard it's not you know like some things are a challenge but you know what the challenge like i can i can overcome this i got this and yeah. i think that that was a hundred percent from rockefeller records
0: mm. yeah yo by the way thank god for that boot camp because you've had some crazy <laughs> yeah. crazy yeah. artists that you've had to what? work with yeah oh my god so so when when rockefeller does end is your heart broken
1: I'm really sad like it it, it was it was it was a sad period of time just seeing everybody kind of like split up because some people went to work with Jay some people went to work with Damon I was I went to work with Damon um, and it was you know it was just like watching people split up and we're like still everybody's talking still like even though we're split up and we're like how you doing you know it was just we having that moment of just like that family all, together all day, every day. Like we were literally in the office all day, like from 10 a.m. to midnight, right? Like we would be in the office. So for that to, to go from that to like not seeing pe- each other anymore, it was it was it was um,
0: yeah, you're you're walking through like an office that was now half empty. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And then we we moved out of the Def Jam building. That um, da- Dash Music Group moved downtown in like Times Square.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so we didn't even have the offices anymore. Damn um, it. I mean, everybody that was working with Jay, I think they were working like remotely for a while. And it was just totally different. Like, we went from like this luxurious building to like a small t- old Times Square building. um But we were still trying to push through. I mean, once we got to Dash Music Group, we had like. And then the artists were, like, totally different, right? Because a lot of people stayed at Rockefeller with Jay. Mm-hmm. And then we – so we were working
0: – Currency? No. Oh. Currency
1: came after I, – I, I wasn't working with Damon at the time. We were working, like, S- Sizzla Kalanji.
0: Wow. <laughs> Graph. Wow. Yeah. Harlem.
1: Wow. So we did work Beans project, the um, Becoming. And that was when Beans was in jail. Well, yeah,
0: I was going to ask, did you make that, that journey – down to philly for the, the the court for the trial yeah 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 mm-hmm. wow. yep.
1: i went i don't i only remember going one time um yeah we used to and i i remember so even i was working with damon at the time right but mm-hmm. i remember going going on a train or something and then coming back with jay on a helicopter so <laughs> it was still like even with the the split like everybody was still family so yeah. it wasn't you know
0: you were in a helicopter with Jay-Z. Yeah. That's that was amazing. my first
1: helicopter. Jay put me on my first private plane yeah. and my first helicopter
0: ride. That was a helicopter ride. <laughs>
1: it was scary. Sure. Yeah. But it was a luxurious helicopter. Yeah. I was like, wow, I didn't even know helicopters were this nice inside. Um, <laughs> but yeah.
2: Do they so. feed
0: you on there?
1: No, no. Okay,
0: <laughs> you know, that's, yeah,
1: <laughs> You're on it for like 15 minutes going from Philly to New York. It's like so fast. But yeah. Yep.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, You know how Khaled doesn't fly? Yeah. So when we had Lenny on,
2: Uh
0: he said that the plan was uh, to go for for this year's summer jam was (laughs) to go from Philly at the Beyonce concert Uh and bring everybody who Khaled brought out on stage on helicopters they had them lined up that yeah. they were gonna go and land in jersey for and he was like he was like even khaled mm-hmm. he was like we were gonna get him on there and i was gonna join him on there to show him it was okay right. like to fly yeah. for however long but can you imagine like you know just like looking up and you see like this this horde of <laughs> helicopters going uh-huh. like you think that somebody's going to war right yeah and, yeah. and off comes fab and khaled yeah. and, right like, you know yeah yeah
1: did they, they no, didn't do it right the weather the weather was yeah, bad yeah and I heard about that plan because I knew Khaled didn't fly. And I'm like, he doesn't fly. And you're going to put him on a helicopter? Like, (laughs) that didn't really make sense to me because that's almost worse. Like, the helicopter, you know, like, just the, I don't know, that feeling. I don't like, I would rather get on a plane than get on a helicopter. By the
0: way, I would love to have seen Khaled Snapchat that. Yes. Like, just, like, being very scared, like, at, like, 10-second intervals. Yeah, Yeah. I don't think he would have
1: done it. (laughs) I I think he would have been that scared.
0: (laughs) I talked to him he said he was trying to work to like overcome his fear yeah. of uh flying. Yeah.
1: It's um I'm, I'm sure it's a real fear. I don't really like flying either, so mm-hmm. I, I Did you
0: like... end up going to any Hampton parties? Um so no. Like, there
1: was there was definitely a line Talk that got it. drawn.
0: Talk about it, Shari. <laughs>
1: there was definitely like things that they were just like, Sherry, you're not going, right?
0: right? Harlem does not stick together.
1: <laughs> or, you're just too young and I don't we, we don't want you around certain things. So like I remember Lotus, right? It was Lotus downtown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like 16, and I was in the car, and Jay was like, "So where is she going?" And Carly was like, <laughs> "Carly was like, she's going to Lotus," and he was like, "No, she's not." And they're just talking about me like I'm not there. <laughs> But I was in Lotus that night, Carly. No. She, was the, she was like, yes, she is. Because I think we had to go back to the office after Lotus. I forgot what we were doing, but she needed me to stay with her because we had to go back to the office.
0: But how about, like, you know, these guys who everyone just considers as, like, larger than life and are just... We just know them as a celebrity, but, like, being, like, real older brother types. Yeah, Just like, yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Sherry's going home because she's got homework. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. That, he
1: was so serious about that. Jay's always been like that, like... I remember he they still want
0: you to do homework.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, now I would hope, but I haven't seen him in a while either. But mm-hmm. they, I think I just—that's something that's never gonna go away because I was the youngest at Rockefeller, so yeah. they always gonna treat me like the youngest one. What no were you gonna how, say before
0: I interrupted you? What
1: was I gonna say? Oh, I was saying I, I remember. I don't know what show it was. But we were at, we were at the Apollo Theater. I don't know what Jay did at the Apollo Theater. Y'all probably know what he did at the Apollo Theater. I don't remember what it was, but I remember at the Apollo Theater and I went into the room after and it was like, I mean, like a ton of smoke, right? You could barely see people. And because I didn't have anywhere to go, I felt like everybody was, it was somebody in every room. And Jay looked at me, he was like, you have to get out of here. This is a narcotics me and you. so I had to like leave because of smoke. Yeah. And I'm like, I've been around worse things with you guys, but I have to leave the room because of smoke.
2: Did but you that's like how argue he was. it or, or no?
1: Absolutely, I did not play with Jay. I'm whatever you say. okay, sir. Yeah. Yes, I, I am out. He had, he just, he had that like stern big brother, like you just didn't wanna. He would just, and it was like, he he would never raise his voice, but it was just whenever he talked, he was very calm, and it was the worst thing ever. Like, you would just be like, all right, whatever. <laughs> Damon screamed, and you're just like, oh, yeah, because we're just so used to him screaming. Damon would, I mean, Jay would just be like very like calm and very assertive and stern when he talked to you.
0: And what can you say about Biggs, who like people know the least about, and you worked very closely yeah, with him?
1: Yeah, I did. Biggs is. I mean, Biggs was really, really smart. Like, mm-hmm. he's amazing. He's such a sweet person, unless, until you, like, turn him <laughs> off and then he's, like, he'll cut you off completely, like. But I just remember B- Biggs just being uh, just super generous, right? Like, just always giving. He would bring people food at the office all the time, like, good food, too, mm-hmm. like, Benihana's and what was it? It wasn't Mr. Oh, Mr. Chow's mm-hmm. Like, we would eat, like, good food. And he was, Biggs always ordered a lot. Because he wanted to taste everything, <laughs> um, but didn't eat everything. But he wanted to taste, so we would have like a feast in the office all the time. Um, but he was he was great. And then you know during the time when Rockefeller, when Damon and Jay started started splitting up, Biggs took on a lot of the business. He wasn't that he wasn't doing a lot of the business in the beginning, but he started doing like way more when you know Damon was just I guess they had whatever conversations they had amongst them where they needed Biggs to pick up you know some Mm -hmm. more work so he I remember him being like BDS heavy like where's my BDS and being Mm -hmm. so um, involved with the radio and he was really involved with Young Guns album Rolling Out because I guess that was that was maybe like the beginning of it it didn't completely but he was like I remember him being really involved with Young Guns he he took on a larger role towards Mm -hmm.
0: the end this past New Year's, we got a text from Hip Hop, uh-huh. and he was like, do you want to hang out? And we're like, sure. Come on over. So he mm-hmm. came over at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon and yep. stayed until about 9.30.
1: Wow. He and came here? Stay yeah. right here. Like,
0: <laughs> this wasn't for the podcast. This was just like right. three friends hanging out. I love him. And he just like wanted to hear what was going on with uh-huh. us and like uh-huh. tell and us we everything. we wanted to hear yeah. everything <laughs> was with. Yeah. And so when he was leaving, he was like, yo, where can I get a bite? like to eat around Uh here and we're like well i mean i don't know if you know it but there's a spot right around the corner called malacone Uh and he was like do i know it (laughs) he was like you know biggs used to live around here he's like you didn't see the picture and we're like no and so he takes out his phone and pulls up instagram and there's a picture of all of like the main guys from rockefeller really sitting at a table that we would sit at in the restaurant wow. right around the corner from our place which was nuts
1: is it is malecone like the florida Mayo? is it the it's, it's,
0: yeah, it's, well, florida mayos around here too. Yeah, yeah, it's similar, yeah, yeah, right? yeah yeah it is similar oh, okay yeah. got and it. it's been in business for like 20 something years which is mm-hmm. unheard of in new york yeah like, same location same quality wow. and the whole thing yeah but we're just like that's nuts. yeah like fat joe used to come around here yeah, uh-huh. Brown. yeah a whole does
1: malecone sell the drink called butters no that i don't know oh, okay that we're more a... we're like... not
0: sponsored by Malibu, <laughs> but we will happily take any endorsement deals. That's right. We're, that's we're, my
1: Harlem coming out yeah. of me because a lot of people <laughs> from Harlem travel to Broadway to get these drinks. I don't, but I don't know where they. I don't drink, so mm. I've never like really cared. But it's like their version of a Nutcracker. Y'all Rockefeller
0: never... never caused you to drink.
1: <laughs> it hasn't. Look, that's what I'm saying. The, the handcuffs was on me, so I couldn't do certain things, even if I wanted to. So,
0: so how do you? So, how do you transition? What happens after? The Dame Dash Music Group experience.
1: So that like dissolved, right? Yeah. It was at a point where he couldn't, you know, it was just, he couldn't even pay all the staff because we didn't have the overhead anymore. So I was panicking a little bit. Like, what am I going to do, right? And now I need
0: a business card. Wait, and now I need a business card. You're how old?
1: Card. I'm like 20. Maybe. So you're like,
0: my life is over. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm like, what <laughs> also, am I doing? Just like
0: every other college graduate, you're looking for a job. Exactly, yeah. right?
1: Exactly. <laughs> So I start panicking. I call Shaka. Mm -hmm. Shaka is working with Atlantic as a consultant. So she was just like, come down Atlantic. I'll, you know, I'll pay you when you can help me do everything I'm doing here. Plus whatever I'm doing outside of this. Um, So I start working with her. And during that time, I, I used to go. So Jay is now the president of Def Jam. Right. But I didn't tell him that I wanted a job, so I would just show up and say <laughs> hi and talk to them, and he used to be so happy to see me. But I would never say like I need a job, Jay, and I wanted Shaka to tell him for me. Yeah. Um, and then so he had a he had a head of marketing. Her name was Tracy Waples, mm-hmm. and I knew Tracy from like just kind of like being in a that mix of. Um, Rockefeller in bad boy era or whatever she used to be head of marketing at bad boy or GM like started off at marketing she kept rising through the ranks and I would see her all the time and she was like I need an assistant I was like in my head like I don't want to be no assistant <laughs> I done work projects young yeah. younger put all these projects out now I gotta go back to being an assistant I've been on a
0: helicopter and yeah, a private plane <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: I was not trying to be the, be her assistant
0: yeah you're not subway sherry no. <laughs>
1: But I learned that was one of my most important lessons in life. And I was talking to Ashana Ayers, do you know Ashana? Mm -hmm. She worked marketing and she was just like, sometimes in life, you have to take a step backwards to move forward. And once she told me that, I was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. So I took the job and it was uh, the best decision I could have made. Like I got back into the, you know, the system of being in the music industry. Um, She allowed me to work projects as well as be her assistant. So I took it on even though it was ridiculous because she was very demanding at just needing an assistant. But I'm like, whatever I need to do to get back to like being a product, you know, being a product manager.
0: So what projects we talking?
1: So she had she did Jay. Mm -hmm. um, She uh, did Nas. Mm -hmm. um,
0: So this is this is uh,
1: Marie Rihanna. (laughs)
0: <laughs> like, uh, uh. Um, so, so jay jay well first of all were you there for that double xl cover shoot
1: with the who? president
0: carter and his cabinet like
1: i don't remember it's like it. every
0: single member of it's it's jay and mm-hmm. kanye and foxy brown and young guns and it was everybody after after to, brown, was in it? yeah yeah and lebron yeah LeBron. and um,
1: no. I yeah. wasn't there. Okay, okay. I, I think I came after. It was
0: one of those like spreadable covers. Like, yeah. yeah, like the two. Yeah, yeah fold out. Yeah, fold out.
1: Yeah, I wasn't there. Yeah, oh. um, spreadable
0: makes it sound like peanut butter. Oh, yeah. yeah, there it is. There it
1: oh, is. I remember this cover. Yeah,
0: but I wasn't Shouts there for it. to Claudia. It. Yeah, to <laughs> building.
1: I wasn't there for it. Yeah, um, I think I came after because gotcha. they have they started working. They had already like. It was like the new Rockefeller with a team of people. I remember they, they had they put out young guns. I was so hurt cuz I'm like this is my baby project uh, yeah. and it being put out by somebody else. Um, when they had like the Run DMC outfits on a cover. I right. did not like that. Right. But- right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So and the J project you're talking about was the Kingdom Come one? Yes. So uh, Steven sad was did yep. they tell us about that where it yep. was like Term to be like the Superman project? Yes, it was a Superman. Team Superman. I think I
1: actually created the name. Not not came up with it, but I had to put it in a system. I did a lot of Team Superman emails. But the interesting part about that project, which was like a blessing to me again, was Nas and Jay were coming out around the same time. So Nas was working on Hip Hop Is Dead and Kingdom Come was coming. Kingdom Come obviously was like the priority of all priorities in the building. So Tracy was like really like boggle down with both projects so of course this was my chance to get in with nas because <laughs> i'm like wow, well, you're like focused on jay let me get in with nas yeah. and i i end up having to do a lot with nas because it just things kept overlapping so i would have to go to shoots with him and and me and Nas became really tight during that time and it's like nas i'm like wow you know like it's just it, all these artists that i've ended up working with i've never imagined like working and i worked with a lot of artists that i didn't necessarily develop but worked with them in their prime and it Mm -hmm. was just like wow i just would never have imagined working with them right so whatever i we i work like crazy on hip-hop is dead tracy gave me like a marketing coordinator credit on the album and then tracy ends up leaving def jam so it's Nas is still there and he's like the only person I want working in my project is Shari. So everybody's looking like this little. I'm still little compared to everybody else, like very young in age. And they like, he wants her. You know what I mean? Because everybody didn't understand the capacity in which I was working with him right. under Tracy. Mm-hmm. And then when she left and he's saying this is the only person I want working, that did a lot for me for my career. Like I'm, I'm like forever indebted to not. Have you I, told him that? I oh no, he'll
2: hear it now. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. He'll hear it now. But he, he I mean, I, I, I love Nas, <clears throat> adore him. That's another, I'm blessed, right? Because mm-hmm. that's another, like, big brother that I have. I can always just, like, hit him. He always responds. <laughs> like, he's amazing.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's he's really amazing. Great. Yep. So can you talk about uh, first getting to know your brothers, Steve what? and Kendall? Young Youngstab yes. and Steve-O.
1: So I, I don't remember our first, first encounter. Wow, but once, rude. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I just remember them being in a small office down there. Because we were on the floor with L.A. Reed and Jay, right? And then Steve and Kendall and, like, Pekka, they were on the floor underneath. Mm-hmm. We were on a luxurious floor. And Steve and Kendall was, like, in the PJs. Right. So they would have, like, this small um, – they were in, like, a closet. It they really had no was. windows. Yeah. Um, and – I don't remember my first encounter with them. I just remember like immediately gravitating towards them and like always going down and leaving my desk and hanging out with them. But we worked really closely. When we started working really closely was with the Nas album Mm -hmm. because it was crazy. It was a point in the building, like, it's Nas but I didn't feel like they were giving him the respect he deserved as Nas, right? Mm -hmm. And me, Steve, and Kendall was like, you know what? We're going to do this on our own. And we just figured it out. And we grinded. I brought them in. Nas met them. He was, you know, he, he then became, like, really cool with them. And we just, we was like, we we basically worked Nas like an underground project, even though it was Nas. You so, know what I
0: mean? right. So, Steve and, and, and Kendall, part of their, like, uh, to their credit, they mm-hmm. were very like into the internet, right? Yes. And they understood marketing on a different level. Yes. And uh, one of the things they did was they had you guys had a listening party yes. for Nas, and that was the first listening party we ever got invited to. Oh, before really? Before we even lived in the city, like so yeah. we we met Sav and Steve um, back in like '06 or mm-hmm. something like that, right? We went in that closet mm-hmm. like with the UPS machine and yeah, the, right. and the stacks of vinyl and uh-huh. everything there. They gave us triple XL Shauna shirts. Uh-huh. Block Oh, Shauna. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but they were like, let's continue this relationship. Right. And like, do you guys want to come to this listening party? Mm-hmm. And it was, it was Nas. Nas. Yeah. And, because I remember like, I remember listening to it there, but they invited us to that and there were a whole bunch of other like, yeah. internet people yeah. on the come I also yeah. remember one guy who um, brought, uh, he, he bought like a package of index cards. Uh-huh and he was writing his personal information on every single one uh-huh. because he didn't have like business, business cards. cards yeah, See, I like, adopted that. I yeah. Know you <laughs> should <laughs> like he was like literally on the floor like doing this for like an hour and Eric and I were just like I think we're here too early <laughs> wow
1: yeah. Yeah. what wait so that was for hip hop is that yeah it yeah. was yes we got in trouble did, did they tell you how we got in trouble for that listening no, session no do y'all not remember not being able to hear the music
0: <laughs> well yes i do remember yeah. that. but you know what though like, and we talk about this, like, a bunch. Like, uh-huh. listening parties, we figured out over the last decade, uh-huh. are not for listening. Right. <laughs> like, no. It just is, like, right. a chance for, like, all these people to sort of socialize and then get the word out. Uh-huh. Social. But no. like yes. we, we were just like, well, this is how listening parties are. Yeah.
1: We got in trouble. Because the music was, like, muffled and Jay Brown came in. The Jay Brown was um, A&R and Nas's project. And he went back and told that the music was muffled and we got in trouble. So, <laughs> Yeah. That was it. But Nas, being the amazing Nas that he was, he found out that we were getting in trouble and he was like, nah, it was cool. I enjoyed myself. Like, you That's know, awesome. he's, he's just a great guy. Yeah.
0: And so, how long did you spend at Def Jam?
1: So, I don't remember. Maybe like six years? Six years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I stayed. I got promoted to like junior product manager when Tracy left. Um, and I started working I had a bunch of projects, but I I still had Joel's. He wasn't putting out an album. He was sitting on amazing little Wayne music. Yeah. Like
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's like the biggest like tragedy. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. It really is. Yeah.
1: I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, he should did he ever like leak it or anything? No. No, no right? Like, it should
2: just come out.
0: We we recently traveled back from Washington DC. We drove uh-huh. back and like just putting songs on random and like mm-hmm. we have these mixtape tracks. It's uh-huh. just like you know, this album is crazy, coming right? soon. Uh-huh. It like, no, it's not.
2: Yeah. I also
0: had this tweet a long time ago where I said, it's been, and this it was many like days since Juels <laughs> put out an album and it was like some crazy <laughs> amount.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's a shame. I know. It's yeah, such a shame. Kendall
0: and Steve did say that Juels was the first person to really believe with, believe in them as young Sav and steve-o oh nice yeah i don't remember that but, but he came in good. there and he was like Yo, i'm just, not you know throwing like shots uh, i know <laughs> no
1: i'm not saying it that way i just don't remember i i thought that they were like steve-o and Sav before <laughs> jewels because you know they just would they were like the go-to guys for like anything cool in the building yeah. so
0: yeah um you worked with Jadakiss. yes yeah that was another guy.
1: great moment for me um because I would get, like, all the projects nobody wanted, right? But I had Nas, right? Because, mm-hmm. So that was, like, my, okay, she's semi-important because she has Nas in that building. <laughs> and then Kiss came, and I started working with him. And, again, Kiss was like, who's this young girl they put on my projects? Do they just <laughs> give my projects away? Like, they, they don't care about me this much. And he was saying that he wanted to bring in his own indie marketing, and I'm like, cool, whatever, you know. Well, I, I always took the high road, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, whatever you want to do. And I'm just so at, in that in that moment, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna prove him wrong anyway. In my head, I'm like, he's he's not gonna want anybody else because I, again, the demon instilled confidence comes out, and you're mm-hmm. just like, all right. Um, So I start working with him and. Again, the same thing happens. I put together an amazing plan. He realizes how dedicated I am to him. He wasn't getting all the support he really wanted from the building. So I was trying to, like, just overcompensate and just time and, you know, just building and giving him ideas. And that was another one. Like, the build, they were not paying as much attention to it as they should have. And when those numbers came out, because this was, this is when the market started changing, and it wasn't. He was one of the leading projects in showing that you don't have to have a radio record to sell albums because nobody thought he was gonna do the numbers he did without having a hit at radio. So that's when I, L.A. Reed used to do these like meetings on Wednesdays. It's called the senior staff meetings, and I wasn't always invited to them. Jadakiss numbers came out, and I get invited to the senior staff meeting. I have to take a walk around the table, and everybody's clapping. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like a moment. I I don't like moments like that because I'm like very reserved, but it was uh it was a definitely a moment of acknowledgement for that's me. Awesome. Yeah, and that's how I Joey called me Joey Ie from Warner Brothers called mm-hmm. me because of the Jada's. But project. before
0: we get there, mm-hmm. well, so. Uh, Joey has a long history, but yeah. I, was was he particularly interested because of that OJ the Juice Man record?
1: Was on there, Joey?
0: Yeah. Like was that was was that Jadakiss album the, the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep.
1: He no, he was interested because he wanted to know how did I do what I did without having a radio hit record?
0: And wow. you said, well, Def Jam buys all their records. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I didn't even realize. People were paying attention the way they were, yeah. you know, and he called me. He was like, I just think that you did something amazing with that project. I would love to meet with you. And I went to meet with him.
0: And all of a sudden you're at Warner Music Group. No, that's my now, are you working on the East Coast or the West Coast?
1: East Coast. So <laughs> when Joey offered me the job, I initially declined. And I was like, I'm going to stay at Def Jam because I'm like, I don't want to leave Nas and I don't want to leave Jadakiss and Jewels. I had like. To me, my roster still meant something to me. And and it was like Joey and them were like dealing with a lot of the Southern South, artists, yeah. right? And I was just like, I don't, I don't know if this is the right... So I declined, and then I ended up calling him back and saying, I want to come. <laughs> I don't know what that moment was. I just was like, I'm, I'm very spiritual, and I pray about things, and something just... I'm like, Shari, you you're not going to grow... At Def Jam because there's too many people above you, right? In my in my um in my department it was like two VPs and a senior vice president, so I'm like, where, you know, where's the room for me to even go? And that was the moment where I was like, all right, I need to take a leap of faith. Well, and yeah,
0: the God MC had already left, so no, he was. Still oh no, there. oh no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. was still
1: there. That's, yeah. that was. I didn't want to leave him. <laughs> I didn't want to leave Kiss, but um. Yeah, it was time for me. Was it
0: tough to say like goodbye? Like, do you, how do you how did you say goodbye to all, all the artists?
1: I don't, yo, you guys. I I have the worst memory, guys. <laughs> I don't remember. What I remember is sending out an email to Def Jam, and I remember getting so many responses. Like people were just like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you're leaving." You know, they watched me grow up in that yeah. building. Um, I remember LA, LA actually responded to me too. Um, so it wasn't like a bad like a bad breakup, right? Mm-hmm. We. They were, everybody gave me their blessings, and it was very encouraging. I went into Warner Brothers, like, feeling good, yeah.
0: And um, what was your experience working with uh, Todd Moskowitz and, and Joey IE?
1: It was interesting, right? Because I come from Def Jam, where it's, like, a super big company, and now I'm going to Warner Brothers, well, Asylum mm-hmm, at, the, mm-hmm. at the time. the time. But they already knew that they were merging into Warner Brothers. I didn't know. So <laughs> <Surprise>. I'm just. <laughs> yeah, you were yeah. here
0: for the senior staff meeting. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and they were like, um, it was a really small company. So a lot of the times it was just me, Todd, and Joey like meeting and figuring things out. But it was great because it was me, right, as the marketer. So I got a chance to like really show and like. Show what I could what, what I was capable of without having so many people to like kind of that did marketing that was working around me and me have to like fight through the the noise. Um,
0: and you got to work with Cameron again.
1: I no. Oh Are you I didn't, there? yeah. Oh. It was like towards the end of yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get to work with was
0: Cameron. Was this again. the ringtone era
1: still? Um, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember
0: doing... Did the ringtone era ever end? No, you're right. <laughs> <yeah>. You're right.
1: <laughs> Do you still download ringtones? All the time, yeah.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> ringbacks. Yeah, ringbacks. <laughs> um, so then, then, you know, Warner Brothers for a couple of years, mm-hmm. then they reconstruct everything, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden all the the rap artists are Atlantic now.
1: Um. Yes, after...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, wait. So... Uh, I remember... We're we're close with Mm -hmm. Todd and Joey, Mm -hmm. and I remember them going to la and we we saw like a tmz video or something Uh of rick ross Mm -hmm. and ross leaves this restaurant in la Uh with todd and joey oh right and we were like we were the first ones who knew no we were like oh "Oh, mmg is gonna sign there uh yeah and then we went over to sav and Uh Stevo and we were like check out this video isn't this hilarious (laughs) and they were both like they were were both like you just saw uh, a deal just go down yeah So, yeah, but yeah, but so, they didn't
1: want to give him the deal at Dev Jam. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. ma- but their mistake. So oh, Maybach definitely. Music goes to Warner. Yes, and, and and then you're that's that's your deal now.
1: I get assigned to Maybach Music. Um,
0: Actually, you know what? We were also at Asylum when Wale came in to visit Todd, so we saw oh, really? that happen too. Wow, yeah.
1: we've seen wow. a lot of Maybach
0: history. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so uh-huh. these are all your guys now, and yeah, and. Are you? What does it feel like to be a mom? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but like, are you there to develop artists now? Like, I am. Not getting,
1: I'm very clear. You're that... not getting
0: Jada and Nas and <laughs> all these guys who have established careers. You're getting like yes. guys who are at the beginning. Yes.
1: and it was it was the best moment. Like it was a it was obviously a defining moment in my career. Um, I just, you know, we we dove in. As soon as they signed that deal, Ross is like, what are we doing next? They were, he was ready to work immediately. And it was just good to have him as an anchor because we were able to like utilize his celebrity to like really help to develop and bring up the other artists. And he was willing to do whatever for his artists, right? So it was just a, it, it gave me that, that was as close to a Rockefeller feeling that I've had, I've ever had, was just able, you know, like, everybody was family. We worked close together. We traveled everywhere together cuz we put out the self-made project first before we started putting out the the um individual projects. And it was it was just it was like building a label, you know, a subsidiary label all over again. So yeah. it was it was it was a uh, it was great. I mean, Wale so I had a bad experience with Wale when I was working with Waka on No Hands. Because mm-hmm. he was just being, like, emotional about something on set. And I'm like, I don't like this guy, right? <laughs> and then I meet him again for, we're, like, reunited because of MMG. And he just starts spilling out. Like, he's telling me all of his issues and what he's <laughs> going through. and But I realize, I'm like, oh, he just wears his heart on his sleeve, right? right. This is who he yeah. is. And I... Once I realized that, I'm like, okay, I understand him. Like, mm-hmm. and we, I mean, everybody knows me and Ro- me and Wale are super close. We we argue and we fight like brother and sister, but we never like, no matter what, I'll stop speaking to him for two weeks, and then it's like nothing ever happened, mm-hmm. right? And we just were, were able to build that relationship. And I, and once I realized how of a how much of an open book he was, I'm like, you have to share that, right? And we we talked more about. Just getting him more comfortable with talking to women. Because I was like, that's your sweet spot. You know how to do that uh, in a way that other people couldn't. And that was just, you know, even down to him putting out Lotus and focusing on the woman. That was like a heavy part of my plan for him. Because I'm like, you you do it in a way that it comes natural to you. It's not forced. So you should embrace it. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we, you know, because he was a little apprehensive about Lotus in the beginning.
0: Uh, thank God. You yeah. That yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
1: I mean, it was a group decision. I don't want to say I took credit, no, but, you know, but it was definitely... Thank God he did it is the yeah, point. Yeah, like, That's God he a did big it.
0: record. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, actually, do you want to tell the um, the story at MTV? Oh, yeah. So, Eric and I were supposed to interview um, the original Meatback music. Uh-huh. So, it was... Um, um, right? It was... It was Ross. Ross and it was... Wale. Wale. And so, they show up 1st uh-huh. And then, um... Meek, Meek Mill, and, and Pill, Pill uh-huh. showed up, like, way late. And we're like... These guys, these unknown guys, like don't show up on time. Like you need it the most, okay? Right. And so we're waiting. Like Ross showed up, like very on time. Mm-hmm. And so he's sitting there in a vibrating chair, and like you know, he's a bigger individual. And so if you ever see like um, like a dachshund run, uh-huh. like it was like this. <laughs> um. And so then he, uh, so Wale came in. Yeah, Wale. Wale shows up, and he knows us at that uh-huh. point. Um. I forget what year this was. Like, oh, 2010, maybe? Yeah. Something around there? Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, Wale comes in and he says, Yo, Ross, in front of everyone. He's uh-huh. just like, Ross, I found the next Lady Gaga. <laughs> and all I ask for, and I want to sign her through you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all I ask for is my 2%. <laughs> and Ross thinks about it. And he has his sunglasses on. Like, he's just like, you know, there, like, mm-hmm. like yeah. he is. And he's just like, nah <laughs> you get five percent you know why and the room is just silent and we're all like sort of like leaning in and he goes because you're a boss and we were like oh we're like he really says it that's unbelievable so good was i there no no jenya no. oh. megs was there yeah. Um, yeah
1: did you guys miss me i probably was there
0: I mean, we, we miss you because you're yes. not there anymore. Um, <laughs> no. And we, uh, but anyway, yeah. So, so all those guys become like your, mm-hmm. your project. So yeah. you had some big wins with Wale. Yes.
1: Yes.
0: Uh, Meek. I, I remember being at the Meek Mill listening session and they put on intro and like Angie and yeah. all these people just freaked out. Like they knew at yeah. the time. And then later on, it's funny because at like Summer Jam, mm-hmm. when Meek came as a surprise guest, mm-hmm and he just did that that was our first experience like hearing that yeah like and this is beyond um like people can say whatever they want Mm -hmm. about meek now right Mm -hmm. and there's a lot to talk about but you know you can talk about tupac back and you can Mm -hmm. talk about i'm a boss but that intro yes at, at MetLife Stadium or Giant yeah. Stadium at the time, whatever it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, like, first of all, then, that, I think that was the loudest I've ever heard.
2: <laughs> <But> the loudest, <laughs> honestly,
0: the loudest I remember is when The Locks came out and that they was did um, big. This Is D Block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh my God, this is everything. <laughs> like, New York rap? Like, but yes, like, this is it. But, there was a... There was a, a long time where you could not and i don't think you even still can where Mm -hmm. you could not cut off the intro at any point right like if you if you cut it off then you're a terrible dj you should be booed booed out of the city is there is there any mmg record in particular that, that you're more proud of than maybe like any other obvious ones Please uh, say gunplay.
1: <laughs> In terms of, like, just a particular, like, single or...
0: Yeah, or, like, you know, one one surprised you more than, than the rest. Like, you didn't expect it to really hit or the video was great or the experience was just... It meant something to you.
1: We were on a high, man. I don't need... I mean, Wale was the most, I think, gratifying, right? Because that was the first project that we released outside of the South May fours. It was the... It was um, the first like solo project,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and this was coming off of Attention Deficit that sold twenty five thousand records, right. and he was so... shout out, to Mark, <laughs> shout
0: shout out, out to, to Mark Ronson, shout out to Lady Gaga. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it was everyone a, over
0: at Interscope. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was a great album, but it didn't, it didn't do what it was supposed to right. do. And you know, Wale was like, he was on a how when he was launching, right? Like he was everywhere. He was on a cover yeah. of like billboard or some big magazine i just remember him being in like big places yeah Yeah. and for it to do what it did it didn't really like measure up to what didn't humble
0: him in any way or or
1: it's it i think it definitely it it like took a toll on him and put him in a bit of a depression at the time because he didn't expect you know it was just he was getting so much love and so much um coverage and and so, then you get
0: the numbers and it's like, well yeah, how come it doesn't measure exactly. up. Right. Exactly. Yep, right.
1: So when we put out ambition and he was able to have that moment and he was just so thankful and just kept thanking us and you know, that was that that's what we do it for, right? Mm-hmm. We want those we want our, you know, artists I take artist careers very, very seriously and that's why I'm always like a everybody's like, you should be a manager 'cause you're you're for the artist. Um but it was just, it was great to like, help in him having that experience, which it's very rare that you sell 25,000 records and then go to sell 150,000 records, right? It doesn't, it usually doesn't happen that way.
0: Yeah.
1: And people were writing him off, so.
0: Um, can you talk about uh, going from Atlantic to working with Steve Stout at Translation? So yeah. for the first time in your life, yeah, you're not working in music specifically.
1: Yeah. I mean, so at this point at Atlantic, I'm, what, 15, 16 years in in the music industry. I've I've always been one to, like, write down my goals, right? So at one point it was being a product manager. Then it was being a VP. Then it was being a senior vice president. And I met them, right? And it started becoming formulaic in a sense. Like, I'm like, all right, w- I know how to roll out a project I am you know in the music industry you you usually like depending on your position you solidify you lock in contracts for yourself so my contract was coming up no one thought that I was gonna leave the label system but I'm just a big advocate at, uh, advocate of continuing to learn I'm like I have to force myself even if I'm comfortable like I have to take myself out of that comfort zone and figure out what else is there out there what's gonna challenge me and I started feeling a little stagnant in my current at, at my um, current position at the label so I started exploring other opportunities and nothing was interesting to me I mean nothing <laughs> I was just like oh my god what am I gonna do I might just end up staying right because I I didn't know what I was going to do. And Anthony Saleh, um
0: Nas's manager. Nas's manager. Yeah, yeah. Who I'm
1: really good friends with. Um, we became really close. Because Anthony was starting out. Managing Nas as a younging. And we just like all supported each other. And he was like. You know you should meet with Steve. Steve is doing some interesting things. I think it would be cool for you to meet with him. And I met with Steve. And I never really knew Steve. Other than hearing about Steve Stout, right? But I never had done my, like, research. I remember him being around during the Rockefeller, early Rockefeller days, but never got to, like, really know him.
0: He was at Lotus that night.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. He was at Interscope, so Interscope was on the floor, too, and he was the president at the time, but Mm. I had never spent any real time with him. And I met with him, and I was just telling him where I was in my career, and I mean, like, maybe five minutes in with me meeting him he's like I want to hire you like I want to hire you there's a lot that I see where you are I know where you I know where I was in the music industry and when I was ready to leave and I see a lot of that in you and I want to hire you I want you I want to help you grow into the next you know and it just help you grow in your career and to me being a four artist person I'm like how else can I like give more to artists right the branding world where you can like, I already know how to roll out a project, but how do I help them to, how do I help amplify what they're doing, right? And bringing brands and helping brands understand culture. Like that's something I wanna learn because I would always get shut down. Like why wouldn't this brand like support my artists, right? Mm -hmm. So Steve had, he mastered that. Like Mm -hmm. he knows how to do that inside out and working with him is like the decision I made I am so happy i made that decision because anytime i sit with this man i'm learning something new and that's where i want to be in my life at this point like learning right Mm -hmm. and i mean it's 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 definitely it's a culture shock right like it's different for me in terms of like just being in a label system for so long and then going into like a more of a corporate environment um but A lot of it overlaps when you think about advertising agencies and labels, and I didn't realize how much of it, like, overlapped, because it's really advertising agencies are really marketing firms, right? They're rolling out brand campaigns, and I was rolling out artist campaigns, so a lot of what i know can be applied to the branding world mm-hmm. and it's it's just great to use my expertise in another field i bet yeah. like how
0: much do you hate the lunch options around times square oh
1: my <laughs> goodness <laughs> i cannot like I I literally this morning went and researched meal plans <laughs> so that people can deliver me food because I cannot I hate eating over there, but um, we're moving to Dumbo soon. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I don't know if there's that many options <laughs> in Dumbo either, but
0: no. no you're, but you're by the water, so you can right, catch a yeah, yeah, exactly. fish <laughs> um, I have two more things. Do you have any other questions? <laughs> I have two things. Um, yes. One is, can you talk about Fade to Black? because we saw it in the theaters i own it on dvd and they watched was, it recently we did watch it yeah. We brought, and and you know what never watched through the credits like to the very end right. and then you see you're Sherry. there yeah and it was one of the greatest things because now having been around for 10 years like yeah. there's people that we notice in there and we're just mm-hmm. like oh my god i can't and you are right there can you talk about that
1: yeah i mean i i didn't play a big part in fade to black other than being around right and that was during a time where carlene
0: got you two tickets <laughs> carlene
1: got me yes i was always carlene always took care of me i didn't have to worry about the issues everybody else had um but <laughs> yeah i was um i just remember jay was playing the album for all of like his close friends and family and we were in the room Everybody went around and said something about nice about him. I didn't say anything because I was really shy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a lot of people, I wasn't the only one. Shaka didn't say anything. Carleen ran out the room. Mm-hmm. They, everybody, but everybody was emotional too because this was Jay's last album at mm-hmm. the time. Um, and I just, I, I just remember being there for that moment. Like I remember Solange saying something really nice about him, and it just went around. It was, it was like a, it was a great like emotional moment at That's that awesome. time, yeah.
0: How pissed were you when he came back with a new album? <laughs> you were like, you, you lied to us.
1: After we were like in tears, yeah. right? Um, I, was, I was actually happy because Jay is one of my favorite rappers. Yeah, yeah.
0: So.
1: <laughs> Not you, just because I worked at Rockefeller, he really is.
0: Do you have any stories about Big Face Gary? Big Face. Eric loves <laughs> Big Face guy. Again, I like the idea, I, I like the idea of him. <laughs> We've never met. We don't even know him. We know him only from only from like, you know, getting shout-outs on Twitch like.
2: Yeah.
1: Yo, Big Face is hilarious. <laughs> they would have these like they would just like snap on each other and it, the snap their jokes were so corny, right? But they would be <laughs> dying laughing like he'll Big Face will say you steak and cheese looking head and they're like oh and i'm like oh my god but it would make you laugh because of and big face that, that was what he was known for coming up with these stupid jokes and them just having a bowl laughing at each other um he was always like just great energy had fun he ran around with the young guns a lot he was like there and he was he was there and r during um my youngest in charge, uh, tough love, mm-hmm. yeah. So him and Wayno, I think Wayno mm-hmm. spent a lot of time shout out with. To Wayno. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Wayno. And by the way, I listened to the <laughs> podcast with Wayno. Yeah, I do not remember half of those stories. <laughs> so it, was, it took me down memory lane too. I'm like, oh my god, Wayno was my intern yeah. and he did sit in my cubicle, but it was just so. funny. Do you remember
0: Kanye stopping by like different people's desks to rap and?
1: Yes, Kanye was like. He just would, he, anybody that could, anybody that had an ear, he was like, all right, I'm going to take you over here. You're going to listen to this. I remember, um, I called to check on him after the accident and he was like, um, he was like, I'm okay, whatever. And then he rapped through the wire to me on the phone. Like, Whoa. yeah. And was... you were
0: just like, all right, I was just trying to see how you were <laughs> yeah. doing.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, okay, quiet. no, but yeah, he was always like amazing and he just, he's like, I'm, everybody is going to recognize my talent. Yeah, that's
0: crazy. Is there anybody who because you've been around all these people from, you know, the time that you were 16 mm-hmm. um and now that you're 18, but like um <laughs> what what um you know, are what what artists have have remained the most the same while still being in a very different place in their lives?
1: Um Nas <laughs> I mean I I I, I mean I, I got to know Nas he was already Nas mm-hmm. but he's always been the same person right I, that's what I love about him um, I don't I mean Jay's the same to me like mm-hmm. he doesn't act any different from when I first met him to now other than him probably having way more money but he doesn't it's it's the same Jay when I see him right mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's, that's...
0: Lenny, yes. <laughs> well, he acts like an artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kodak Len,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's actually a little bit Hollywood.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, congratulations on you. everything you've done in your yeah. career, and especially this new step into yes. advertising and all that. Oh, I thought you meant <laughs> to, like, our podcast. Oh, that, that <laughs> yeah. too. Well, that is a new
1: step, because, you know, I was so nervous. I'm like, you guys want to talk to me? No, yeah. of course. No. It
0: was... You've been brought up in so many podcasts. Mm-hmm. It's about time that people really hear your Thank story. You. I yeah, appreciate and you have that. to do more interviews than just Billboard. Back in like 2007, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. talking about Jadakiss's marketing right. plan. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: you googled.
0: That yeah. was number one result.
1: I know. I have to do more. Yes. <laughs> you guys are probably going to get me more.
0: That, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and hopefully people can like you know have some of your um, big ZD and your <laughs> lasagna and well, your pepper steak. Yeah, yeah. Sherry's famous mediocre lasagna. <laughs> lasagna! I got to come 9, out at 11.99. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we you know so many people. Yes. That's like, amazing. We'll yes. see you there. All right. Take Thank you, care. guys. <laughs> that was Thank yeah, you. So yes, that was fun. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of Waste of Time with It's The Real. Jeff, if people want to find out more about this podcast, if people want to find out more about It's The Real, if people want to find out, I don't know, where we'll be stopping by to <laughs> ambush different record executives, where can they go? You can always go to soundcloud.com slash a waste of time or search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real on iTunes. You can also go to fullscreen.com slash it's the real. You can watch our episodes there. Yeah, is that, that what I said No, but I'm just saying it right now. You can watch our episodes. Yeah, crazy. Internet future technology. Let's do it. Um, You can also go to Twitter.com slash It's The Real. Instagram, It's The Real. Snapchat, we are It's It's The Real and It's The Real Eric because It's The Real was taken. Go to Facebook.com slash It's The Real and watch that Dave Matthews fans video on their native player because it's doing really well on there. Or you can go to YouTube.com slash It's The Real. YouTube.com slash It's The Real. Yes, yes, yes. It's The Real across all platforms. Sometimes it's fun just to search It's The Real on google just to know that we're a real thing jeff this podcast has gone through 76 77 episodes something like that yeah and we want to keep it going so we have (laughs) to tell everyone out there to share our podcast yeah and you know that starts with us so jeff do you have a friend that you would like to shout out to tell them to tell their friends about a waste of time that's the real yeah so i get a lot of messages on snapchat no big deal (laughs) yeah that's a that's a cool brag. Very popular out here. I get one a day. Okay, um, no, I get one. Okay. But anyway, so this guy uh, wrote a really really long message, which I have not responded to yet, but I have it <laughs> saved. Uh, his name is DJ Tony Drake. DJ Tony Drake. Hopefully by the time you hear this, I will have responded. Okay. Um, but it's a really long message. Shout out to DJ Tony Drake. He also messaged me and I responded to him. So oh, now you're. I told him right. to. I know. Yeah. I told him to email us. Jeff, I would like to shout out our friend. Jason A. Davis. Oh, shit. Jason A. Davis, whose birthday it is today. Or, or if you're listening, yeah. yesterday. Happy birthday to Jason Davis, a uh, friend of us, friend of the podcast, part of the squad. I mean, co-founder. Really? Uh, we went to celebrate his birthday at... Uh, Baby's All Right. Baby's All Right. A brunch spot in Brooklyn. That has whack music. So whack. Like, it... It sounded like put people to sleep. Well, they were playing like Crystal Waters instrumentals from like 1993. Right. At least give me the disco At least give me the Crystal Waters lyrics. That's what I'm here for. And so, uh, four of us maybe, like one at a time, got up to say, "Hey, can you change the music? We're the only people in here. Can you please change the music?" And finally, I was the winner because I got them to play Bruno Mars' new song, "24k Magic." They did. Great. Yeah, and then they were like, "We off that? Yeah, we done." So I, so when they stopped doing that again, I went up and I was like, I, "Remember me? We just play one more good song. We're, you know, we paid the bill, yeah, gave a nice tip. We're about to leave. It's Jason's birthday. Can we get one more song?" And they said, "No, we're done with that. Thank you." The brunch, the brunch crowd is uh, is coming in. And they were ready for some more Crystal Waters' instrumentals and That was that. That's right, Jeff. What are you doing next week? Uh, next week I have to shout out somebody who I definitely forgot to shout out this week. <laughs> I, I just remember somebody asked to be shouted out and I was like, ah, us. Uh, save it for next week. Save it for the podcast. Yeah, sorry. I know who you are though. Somebody, somebody said so. See you next week. All right,
2: bye bye. <laughs>